Hey everyone, very quick pre-roll today before we get into the podcast. Um, if you haven't signed up for our weekly roundup for the ID1 weekly, um, you really miss something out. We push out a huge, huge information flow every Monday morning containing a roundup of our most essential content of the last week, but also providing additional business tips, videos, um, audios, and so much more. Um, so make sure to sign up for our ID1 Weekly, a massive, massive information flow. Head over to our website, id1, one as the, the number, dot de, and you, you find that um, that sign up form almost everywhere at the bottom of each page in our blog. You will find that. Make sure to sign up. And now to the podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, hope you're all doing super well. Um, I'm definitely um, very well and I'm more than thrilled and excited, pumped to be back with the next episode. Um, I think today it's already the 11th um, episode of, of Ask Ben. I'm super happy to host that um, episode, this session today again and um, as far as I know, um, this session today, um, at least that is what my, my team told me, will be around the aspects of, of digital and also um, about the aspect of innovation. So a lot of innovative um, questions, digital questions I'm going to answer today. I'm, I'm super curious about the questions as always. Hope I will provide some value and um, will be able to um, provide you with valuable answers during the next um, 10 to 15 minutes. So as always, I'd say let's rock and roll and start with question number one. What are the most important innovations we will see during the next years? Um, wow, <laughs> a super, super tough question to, to start with. Um, and, and, and actually, I, I, I think uh, probably for the first time, I, I can't give you the exact, the right answer actually to, to that question because there, there are so many things um, going on um, outside, outside there. Um, a lot of technological um, developments. Um, I'm not an expert in actually, you know, all this um, VR and AI, um, blockchain and all those things I'm, I'm really not an expert in um, let me let me try to to answer um, that question from 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 my background I I definitely see one um, technology that will massively massively from my point of view dominate the next years and um, and this is not about AI this is not about blockchain is not about MVR and all that stuff. I think it, th their time isn't isn't here yet. Um, this is about voice. I, I really think that um, all those um, Google, um, Hey Googles and Siri's and Alexa's, that they um, will play a dominant role during the next years. And this whole um, voice universe will become so super important. 
in both, not only in a, in a B2B context, especially, of course, in a B2C context, in private life, um, I always like to compare it um, to the time when the first apps um, on your smartphone um, uh, were available. And then it took a few few years until that really this whole process accelerated. And once it, it, it reached that, that certain point, everything is exploding and really going very, very fast. And I think we, we're very close to that point where this whole voice um, uh, technology is going to explode and will, as I said, dominate our, our private life, our consumer life, our B2B life, literally everything. Um, I think we, we even can't imagine right now what that will mean, how the future exactly looks like when it comes to voice. But voice um, is one innovation, I think, um, which is super, super important to focus on, which is super important to to understand, to find out how that works, to find out for your company how you can um, get benefits out of that um, that technology. And by the way, I, I really totally believe that there are benefits and opportunities contained in that voice um, technology for every company, regardless if you're doing B2C or B2B, if you're in the consumer market or in the financial or whichever market you're in, there is, from my point of view, potential and opportunities um, for, for every market, for every company. Um, so my advice would be, if you are looking for a, a future um, technology, start to, to understand, start to read as much as you can about voice. Um, this will be a very important, I wouldn't call it innovation, but a very important technology um, for the next um, probably five to 10 years, definitely. All right, how do I think that COVID-19 COVID is going to impact companies? Again, really, my team really selected some, some tough questions today. Um, I think there's one one thing that is that is really obvious, and I I do believe that this is probably the the the, the most important impact you can you can see right now already, um, and this is about the way we work, and I I, I believe we I talked about that in in um, some other episodes. Um, COVID nineteen has really accelerated this whole home office remote working video conferencing and all the things that are related to those um, aspects. And this is from my point of view this year to stay and it will impact companies heavily, massively and sustainably. I think the way we work will really change entirely during the next years. Um, people will more and more work from, from their home office, not, not to, to 100%, but probably to, to 70% or 80%. Um, that will lead to a whole bunch of new um, technology that enables or improve those uh, this this home office work. Um, the way we communicate will change. The way we have to motivate stuff will change. The way we have to distribute information um, will change massively. Though all the thing, I can't imagine right now what 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 is what is contained in that. But I, I totally believe that um, COVID nineteen really accelerated that process. And that companies um, have to adapt to it. And I, again, totally believe that the companies that are quicker in adapting 
to that new situation, um, that they have a huge, huge um, advantage compared to, to the companies who are to still try or who will continue to try to remain in, let's call it the old world. And that won't work, especially when it comes to resources, to getting the best talents, to, get, to get, getting the best talents, getting the best people, um, to establishing efficient process and all the things that are related to that. And so this is definitely one thing I, I'm 100% um, sure that this is here to stay, remote work, home office, um, a new way of digital, um, digitally working, this is all here to stay. And this will massively and sustainably change the way we work. And companies have to think about what that, that means for their internal process, for their organization, for their business model, and how can they adapt to that new um, normal. Are there any technologies I consider as underrated? <laughs> I, I, I do have one, one technology in mind and, and <laughs> it is so underrated that I, I don't know if I, if, if I should, should mention that right now. Um, I think I also mentioned that in one of the um, previous um, Ask Ben sessions. When, when I hear the word technology, and underrated, the first thing that pops up in my mind is master data management. This is really a, a technology, or it's not only a technology, it's, it's, a, it's a topic, it's a process, it's a, um, how you want to call it, with, with such an amazingly bad reputation. I always um, mention the words, it's, it's, it's boring, it's unsexy, there are no benefits contained in it. Um, it is not not modern. It is not new. It is it is nothing, and and I think that's why master data management is so extremely extremely underrated. It really, it literally, it's the first thing that pops up in my mind. Underrated and technology, it's it's master data management, and um, because I I totally believe that master data management it is unsexy, yeah, um, but it holds such a huge huge potential for companies, um, you can have master data management systems um, that are really cutting edge and uh, that utilizes um, many of the latest technological developments. So it is not a, a boring um, technology of the last century, not at all. It is really a, a really a modern approach to utilize um, a very important part of the of uh, the data a company has master data and it's often simply underrated that this this data is so extremely important in order to achieve highest quality in order to enable business intelligence in order to uh, enable um, um, decision making processes to have uh, clear information and on and on and on and on and on I can tell you 10 15 20 25 different benefits that are related to master data management um, but still, when I talk to um, companies about master data management, the first thing I hear is, uh, uh, do we really need that? Uh, it's not that fancy. There's no, no shiny UI and all that things. So it's it really, I always tell people when it comes to master data management, it is not about the technology. It is not about the process. First and foremost, it is about convincing people of the potential this technology holds or this, this, this approach holds. This, the first foremost and most important aspect when it comes to master data management. Totally underrated, 
has a huge, huge potential, holds many, many benefits. And from my point of view, almost every company, probably um, besides very small companies, should dig into that topic and see how they can utilize the benefits and the potential that is contained in that, in that technology. Why are so many companies struggling with um, digital approaches? Very good question. Um, I think there are, there are two answers, or at least there are two things that, that come into my mind when I think about that, that question. First of all, and this has nothing to do with, with the digital um, aspect, um, it has simply something to do with, with change. Companies don't want to change. At least many companies don't want to change. People don't want to change. And a company is just a, um, a group of people, right? So people don't want to change. And, and becoming digital, introducing digital process, introducing um, digital um, business models, first and foremost, is about changing the way you work. And people fear that. People don't want to do that. People tell you it has worked the way we do it for the last 10 years, so why should we change something? You know all those answers. Um, and I think this is the, the most important or the, 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 the most important answer to that question, why are companies struggling? Because it's a change process and it needs someone who really wants to do that, not because um, somebody tells him um, we should become digital. Um, and it needs a very, very thorough and proper change management to get that done. Second aspect is that I believe that, actually, I genuinely believe that many companies still haven't understood what becoming digital really means. It is not about implementing tool XYZ. It is not about using Jira or Confluence or any other tool, just to give you some examples. This is not about. This is not what what becoming digital is about. Becoming digital, from my point of view, is really establishing a entirely new way of thinking when it comes to each of your business areas, from sales, from marketing, production, HR, any other um, business area. Establishing an entire new way of thinking how you approach process, how you approach product, how you approach the end consumer or um, your clients. And this, from my point of view, really a, a entirely new holistic thinking. And many companies I talk to and, 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 and I see are just picking out some, some tools, some IT tools, and then they, they tell you, okay, now we're digital because we're using this tool instead of our, our um, manual process. I think this is not, this is not about this is not what, what digital is about. Digital is much more. And um, still, as I said, I think many companies haven't understood and it isn't their fault. I think we're really at the beginning of this amazing journey um, of becoming digital, of, of establishing a, a, a digital um, industry. So uh, it is not their fault. I think it just needs time. Um, nevertheless, I think um, the quicker you are, um, the more benefits um, you get out of that and the, the more competitive advantages um, you can realize right now because there are many companies who haven't understood and who are not utilizing that. So um, doing it right now is definitely the right way to do it instead of waiting and um, 
um, and, and, and telling it, it worked the way we, we do it, it, it has worked the, the last 10 years. You have to start from my point of view, you should start, but um, I, I don't blame any company who's struggling with it because it is not, it is more than just implementing a tool and it isn't a, a, um, an easy endeavor. Okay, if a company tells me they can't invest into digital processes, what would be my answer? I, I guess the question, they, they, they can't invest because they don't have money to do that. I think at least I, that's the way I understand that, that question. Um, it, it's a very good question. Um, my, my, my answer would be, or my answer to that question is, um, Investing in a digital approach does not mean that you have to invest more money than before because investing in digital approaches in sales, in marketing, in production, in HR, where it might be, first and foremost means that you are improving your process, that you are improving your product, that you are improving your marketing, that you are improving X, Y, Z. That means you are improving a, a process that is already there. And that means that you are paying for that process right now. So investing in digital approaches, for me, it is not investing additional money, but for me, it's a very clear ROI. What does process XYZ cost right now? What are the revenues, compare, uh, the revenues related to a certain sales or marketing process right now? And how can I improve that with a digital approach? How can I reduce the process cost, how can I improve revenues? This is the question um, you have to ask. It is not about additional money you have to pour into your, your company. It is about reducing money for process and it is about generating additional revenues because you improve marketing, you improve sales and on and on and on. Um, so the question is not, the question that you, you, it's not about you can't invest, the question is how much one do you want to save? How much do you want to earn more? This is a question you have to, to, to ask. And of course, it needs an initial investment, but the ROI for digital approaches is, is very, very fast. So um, not becoming digital because you can't invest is really um, totally the wrong way of approaching um, this question from my point of view. Hey guys, podcast is over. Thanks so very much for listening. Um, if you have the feeling that you like our podcast, that you like the content, but you would like to have some more inspiration, some visual inspiration probably, I really invite you um, to follow our YouTube channel. Um, this is Information Design One. Just search for Information Design One. And you'll find our YouTube channel where we put out so many um, visual content, Ask Ben um, videos once a week, um, Ben talks several times a week, and so much more content, video content. So make sure to follow us on YouTube. I would love to uh, welcome you as a follower on YouTube. And um, this really provides value. I hope this really provides value. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye-bye.